Hello, this is uh, Pod for the Course, and uh, I am Tom Cade, the Senior Director of Communications for Washington Golf. And today we have with us Kathy Kim. Kathy is originally from Bellevue, Washington, and uh, she played for four years uh, on the women's golf team at Western Washington University. She is now a dual member of the PGA of America as well as the LPGA. Uh, she uh, is was currently named or currently recently named the best young teachers by Golf Digest for 2020 and 2021. And uh, Kathy, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, hello, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So, Kathy, where are you based out of right now? I know you're not in the Northwest anymore. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm based out of uh, Sterling, Virginia at 1757 mm-hmm. Golf Club. Okay. How long have you been there? Um, it's been a little over two years since I've uh, relocated. Mm-hmm. I actually moved from the Pacific Northwest to Las Vegas and then from Las Vegas to Virginia. Okay. So let's uh, take a walk back in time here for just a little bit. Uh, you grew up in the Bellevue area outside Seattle. Is that correct? I did. I moved uh, to the Bellevue area when I was a sophomore in high school. I was in the Bay Area in California prior to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you get into the game of golf? When did you first pick up a club and who who taught you? Who brought you to golf course for the first time? So my dad was the first one in our family to pick up golf. And uh, shortly after that, he discovered that there were uh, junior golf camps at the local muni uh, that he started golfing at. So really by means of babysitting, he threw me into a PGA run golf camp. (laughs) And that's how I got introduced to the sport. Um, And from there, a PGA um, instructor, a PGA member at the time, he actually offered me free golf lessons. Uh, I'm not sure what he saw in my swing, but he Mm -hmm. he definitely wanted me to keep playing. So I was able to start golf lessons. And this was probably around age 10, right in Mm -hmm. there. And then, of course, you know, parents being parents, they uh, hear, you know, that their kid has some sort of prospect for golf, so they threw me into tournaments right away, <laughs> and I've been playing mm-hmm. golf ever since. Oh, there you go. So you moved to the Bellevue area as a, when you were in sophomore in high school. Was that a, a difficult move for you? Sometimes it is when, when you're in high school. Yeah, it was very difficult, mainly because um, it, we just didn't know what the junior golf scene was like, and um, to for my parents, them. English being a second language, it was actually quite difficult to even figure out uh, where I was supposed to be and what tournaments I was supposed to be playing. So I initially ended up missing out on uh, one full year of junior golf when I first moved. So that was actually quite difficult in a sense because that was right around the time where college coaches start looking at um, their potential uh, students so or their potential athletes. So it was pretty tough. Um, the transition from one school to another was also pretty tough considering, you know, by the time you get to that age, you've established your group of friends that you grew up with. And so, yes, it was it was hard, but golf was really kind of my saving grace. You know, I went to the golf mm-hmm. course pretty much every day after school, and um, it was kind of what, the only thing that was familiar to me. Mm-hmm. What golf course did you start playing at up here in, in Bellevue area? 
Yeah, so Bellevue Municipal was my home course. <laughs> and then um, we lived near Newcastle Golf Club. So I was able to go practice up there because they, um, you know, the, the putting green and the pitching area is is complimentary. <laughs> and um, they didn't mind having a kid over there, you know, just hanging out for the day. So um, it was a kind of a nice way, you know, when I wanted to go play golf, I would go to Bellevue Muni. And then when I wanted to practice, I would go up to Newcastle. Um, and then my home course for my high school was Plateau Club. So uh, during season, that's where I would practice. Uh-huh. What high school did you go to? I went to Skyline High School. Skyline High School up in Sammamish. Uh-huh. Yes. So something, uh, did you get recruited by Western Washington University? Is that how that worked? Did you get a scholarship so there? My, could... Yeah. So my um, my then golf coach, um, his name is Joe Teal. He, he used to teach down in Olympia, Washington. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, he was the one that um, kind of, suggested that I take a look at Western Washington University and see if I could initially walk on. So the story was I I reached out to them. Um, Dean Russell was the golf coach at the time. Uh, The first he got accepted into Western Washington. We kind of saw where the first quarter was going with my golf game. And then after that, he offered me a uh, a full ride. So um, kind of an unconventional way. On getting a scholarship, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. I managed to pull it off. <laughs> so I'm very grateful <laughs> to Dean Russell. <laughs> there you go. So uh, you played all four years in school, yeah? I did. I did, yes. Mm-hmm. How was that experience, uh, the collegiate experience, uh, playing on the team and with that team? Yeah, it was um, It was very different. I, I would definitely say that I wanted to, at the time, experience more of being just a regular student, um, Western Washington at the time, we were pretty high up there in Division Two golf. So we were usually a top 10 in the country. So we were very blessed with having a pretty big um, budget. And the upside to being a Division Two school in Washington State was that we would travel out of state all the time to go play golf tournaments. The downside mm-hmm. to that was that on um, the, acad- the academic side, Unfortunately, a lot of our professors or a lot of my professors didn't really, uh, they weren't very lenient. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a little bit of a juggle to, to kind of be able to handle both. But um, mm-hmm. it definitely was uh, worth the experience to be able to learn to travel with other players and kind of, you know, have a, a working schedule, so to speak, as a golfer, uh, which is obviously new to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that just played junior golf. So um, it, it was a pretty awesome experience overall. Um, I would say that if there was a little bit more leniency academic-wise, it would have been really awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so some point during your college years, you must have thought, well, gee, this, is, this golf world is something I might want to do for my career of some in some form or fashion. Did that start to gel in your mind a little bit, or how, how did that come about? Honestly, it was just kind of a, I think, I don't know, as a, as a collegiate golfer, you definitely consider becoming a professional golfer, um, and that's, it was just more of a natural path for me to give it a try. 
And that's also mm-hmm. something that my parents wanted me to do as well. Um, mm-hmm. I learned very quickly that uh, my game was not nearly where it should be <laughs> to mm-hmm. to play um, on that high of level. So mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a you know a learning progress, especially being in the, you know your early twenties. I I mm-hmm. didn't have a big financial backing, so that was kind of that was a big issue number one because they just cost so much money for um, women's professional golf at the time to be even on the mini tour circuit. Um, and then on top of that, really just kind of evaluating like what my five-year plan is, what my 10-year plan is. And um, as I was trying to, you know, once I turned professional, I was playing in a couple of mini tour events. I tried key school a couple of times. I was working at um, Sahali Country Club part-time and um, I was also helping out at Bellevue Municipal with a couple of the junior camps at the time. And that's where I really started to find my love for teaching. Um, it, it was just as natural of a transition it could have possibly been for somebody who was playing um, and trying to make a living out of playing and then all of a sudden just realizing, wow, I get so much more satisfaction out of watching somebody hit a ball up in the air for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was a matter of, I don't know, three, maybe three or four years where I decided, hey, I, I think I'm just going to, um, I, I really love to teach, so I need to figure out what the best route is for me to go that direction. Mm-hmm. So this was up in, uh, it's, you started out at Sahali doing some of this work. Um, when did you start, in, when did you enter the, like, the PGA section program? Yeah, so um, I started the PGA program, I think, back in 2013, 2012, maybe right Mm -hmm. in there. And then shortly after that, I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, to work as an assistant professional at TPC Summerlin. Um, So I I wanted to finish out my my program there. Um, TPC is known for its rigorous uh, uh, assistant training. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was a little difficult to get through my books, but, um, I, you know, in the middle of being at PPC Summerlin, I started to notice that my teaching book was just, my schedule book was getting fuller and fuller and fuller. And so eventually I ended up transitioning from assistant professional to director of player development. And I, I worked, uh, just to teach full time. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of where I ended up transitioning. Okay. So explain to me the difference between a, being a PGA member and an LPGA member. Yeah. So um, there are two very different programs that you go through. Um, for me, I went through the PGA program first because the Pacific Northwest um, recognized PGA members a little bit more than the LPGA members. Um, From what I had known at the time, Florida, for example, was a great place for LPGA members. Um, Washington State was a great place for PGA members. So I started my PGA program. It's very heavy with management skills and just learning the overall operation. Um, Teaching Mm -hmm. was a segment of of the, the books and learning and all of that, but it wasn't kind of the main focus. Um, the biggest difference that I noticed between the two programs was that LPGA was very teaching heavy. Um, so it was 
almost opposite. It was more teaching heavy and then operations second, whereas PGA was operation first, and then teaching would was kind of like a, a branch that you would kind of filter into. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so it's an entirely different programs from each other. Did you do them concurrently at the same time, or did you do first one and then once that was done, then you then you started to the other other program? Yeah, so I um, finished up the PGA program, and then the LPGA program actually has a really nice perk where if you completed uh, the entire PGA program, you can actually take an exam and skip straight to level three seminars. I'm not sure if that's the case now, because I did hear that Mm -hmm. they kind of rebooted, but um, Mm -hmm. it was a really nice way to be able to obtain both memberships, um, mainly because uh, you didn't have to go through all three levels of LPGA. Uh, you were able uh-huh. to just skip straight to the, the third level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so for you've been, <clears throat> excuse me, for much of your life, most of your life, looks like you've been sort of a West Coast person. You grew up in the Bay Area, then moved to the Seattle area, and then worked at TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas, and now you're on the East Coast in Virginia at the 1757 Club. How has that transition been for you? <laughs> um, well, it's it was kind of difficult at first, mainly because mm-hmm. of how much faster paced it is over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been, it's been a nice transition. Um, I really enjoy the, the membership here. I enjoy the people around me. Um, the weather has been the biggest difference for me, and it's actually been quite a challenge during the summertime because it gets so humid here and so mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> and so it it um, and then during the winter time it snows, uh, so that that's quite a transition as well. So I've been trying to figure out the best way to teach in all elements because you know it's 20 degrees outside and people still want to come and take lessons so <laughs> so as long as my students want to show up then you know I'm showing up as well and I just need to figure out how to stay warm during the mm-hmm. time that I'm here and then same thing during the summertime I just need to figure out how to stay cool and not pass out from the heat so um I would I would say definitely the pace of of the the city here just kind of I, I don't know maybe it's just kind of where I'm located near DC and everyone has just a much faster pace here. You have to be way more on point. Um, mm-hmm. And just the, the weather. <laughs> it's always the weather for <laughs> golfers, I feel like. <laughs> so in 2018, you were named one of the top 50 teachers by U.S. Kids. And uh, yes. do you, you, uh, you have a preference age groups that you like to work with or or for this U.S. Kids program, what did you particularly enjoy with that aspect of it? Yeah, so, um, I, you know, when it comes to junior golf, I, I think what I enjoy most is being able to help young ladies grow. So it's, you know, when you're at about a, anywhere from like age 7 to age 13, um, sometimes it's it's hard to make friends, right? It's hard to kind of figure out who you are, and you're, you're you're still figuring out who you are at that age. But it's kind of an uncomfortable age. And um, for me, and I still do the program here at uh, 1757 Golf Club. Just having girls programs have been uh, so much fun to be able to connect 
uh, similar age girls together through the game of golf, and they're able to really find some confidence. They're able to um, be themselves and have fun and learn golf along the way. So golf uh, for the, the level one and level two programs typically aren't too golf specific per se. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, we talk about current events. We talk about what goes on in school, especially now with the pandemic and how, you know, how they've been adapting to virtual learning. Um, and it, it was really no different at that time too, where it, it's really important to kind of keep them in check on uh who they are and how to help them grow and be comfortable. And so I think for me, that little sweet spot was definitely from like age seven to age 13 um, mm -hmm. and just watching them. And some of them want to go play tournaments. Great. Some of them don't, that's fine too. But it was really just a matter of um, kind of getting them to learn how to cultivate relationships and being comfortable. Mm -hmm. For, uh, for that kind of, for that age group of, of young golfer, um, do you have much interaction with their parents? Uh, in other words, do the parents come to you and say, oh, gee, I've, I've got my 10-year-old daughter here. I'd really like to see if she can uh, get some lessons and what do you recommend? So in other words, how is that for you working? How is that kind of dynamic working with parents as well as the, as the kids? Because so I'm sure there must be some interaction there. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So um, definitely parents are involved as much as they want to be. Um, and I, I know that for every instructor, it's a little different when it comes to the parent-coach dynamic. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, if a parent comes to me saying, hey, my daughter, you know, I, we want to be pretty serious about this, right? And I, wanna, I want her to play in golf tournaments and this and that. Um, we, we sit down and we talk about what some of those goals are. And I, I make sure that the student has input. So it's not just the student that's just sitting there listening to the parents, you know, tell me what the student wants. It's making sure that she is involved as well or he is involved as well. And um, some parents, they just are happy that their kids are out doing something. <laughs> so if that's the extent of it, then that's fine, too. Um, and those kids tend to stick to more of the classes, the group classes. It's more, more for the social aspect of it. But if there is a student that comes to me and, you know, they want to play, start playing in some U.S. Kids events or they want to go into AJGA, then um, we sit there, we kind of figure out a plan. And I just, I'm always kind of fixed on making sure that the student, if that's, if that's what the student wants. And mm -hmm. um, we all have to be in agreement with it. <laughs> it's yeah, not just the sure. parent that's involved. Sure. Yeah. So how large is the... 1757 club how many members are there um so we are a semi-private club um we have way more public than than private our junior academy is massive um i can't so i'm actually not involved in the summer camp but i think mm -hmm. uh they end up with about 200 kids a week or something like that during the summer camp mm -hmm. some absurd mm -hmm. number of kids um mm -hmm. when it comes to my classes I fill anywhere from six to eight kids per class, and that's week in and week out, and I teach about anywhere from three to six classes a week. So okay. um, we have a pretty active junior uh, presence at our club, as well as adults. Um, mm -hmm. And we're kind of known to have an, a big academy. We have 10 instructors at our facility, so our academy is pretty large for our area. 
Okay. So uh, what drew you to the 757 Club? I mean, there must have been something appealing about that offer to to get you over there to the East Coast. And it sounds like you've done well since you've been there because you won this, you've been named as Best Young Teachers by Golf Digest this year. And so something is working for you there. What what in particular yeah. do you think that is? Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up moving to Virginia um, after I got engaged to somebody that lived that lived in the Virginia area. <laughs> so it wasn't oh, necessarily okay. by choice. <laughs> okay. But um, but um, nonetheless, I ended up moving over here, and um, because I had worked in the private circuit for the most part, um, I wanted to give the public circuit a try just to see what high volume was like. Um, and I wasn't even, honestly, I wasn't even sure if I was going to like it because I was more into cultivating relationships and I, I was really enjoying the fact that I could see the same person, you know, almost every day come to the golf club and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're saying hello, you're saying, you know, you're asking how their kids are and you know their kids and blah, blah, blah. Um, when it came to high volume, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And they're definitely, it is very, very high volume here at 1757. Um, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. I love the fact that there is no restriction on who can come here to get lessons and who can't. So Mm -hmm. um, I firmly believe that golf, you know, should be an equal access sport to everybody and that it's definitely moving in that direction where um, golf is becoming a little more affordable and it's becoming more accessible to anybody that wants to play and our facility is exactly that um Mm -hmm. which is what i love and that's what initially drew me to the facility um and then as far as programming goes here um cpc summerlin was uh nice enough like mike messner who's the head professional over there he just let me kind of do my own thing and he was able to just say hey go ahead and create the program do what you need to do. And 1757 has been the same way. They've been allowing me to get creative with what I want to do. And I'm able to test out different programs and test out different curriculums to see what works and what doesn't. And I definitely attribute my success to um, my bosses, (laughs) to, to letting me do what I do and, you know, letting me find what I'm comfortable with doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, uh, Kathy, this has been really great. Uh, any any last comments about uh, young people who want to get into this game and maybe are a little bit intimidated or maybe their parents are not sure what to do or maybe their parents are, are too aggressive and, and pushing them in one way or the other? Any any particular little nugget of, of advice? Yeah, Um you know, before, if you're intimidated on, on getting into the game, and this is for adults as well, by the way, I get emails all the time um, from people asking, hey, like, what's the first step? And the first step really is to reach out to a PGA or LPGA professional because you, you want to get as much information as you can before you dive in, which is totally understandable. So I would definitely say um, research uh, somebody that is nearby you or, you know, just go ahead and Google PGA professional near me, LPGA professional near me, and see um, if you can just have a conversation with somebody and figure out what you need to do to take that first step to get onto the driving range or onto the golf course. 
Most of the time, um, like for me, for example, when I offer group classes, you don't even need golf clubs. I can supply golf clubs for you. So if it's an equipment problem, always ask, and they should always have loaners <laughs> available for you if you want to come take a, a class. Um, when it comes to a junior who maybe feels like they're being intimidated by the parents, um, gosh, I, I would hope at that point you already have a golf instructor or a golf coach. Talk to the coach and make it clear on what's going on internally because uh, we all know as golfers, whatever's happening internally, right, it often shows up on the golf course and in our games. So um, just talk to your, your coach. If you, can't, if you don't feel like you can talk to your parents, which often is the case, unfortunately, <laughs> um, but it, it is, and you want to just talk to your golf coach about that. And then if the parents, parents who want to take their kids to the next level, same thing, talk to, talk to a PGA professional and talk to an LPGA professional and come up with a game plan. A good coach is always going to be willing to sit down with you and figure out a good game plan on, on how to get your child or yourself to the next level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent advice. Uh, Kathy, Kim, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Kathy, again, uh, was a four-year player at Western Washington University. Uh, she's uh, competed in uh, two that I know of, uh, Washington State Women's Amateur Championships, which our office conducts. Uh, she's worked at, as a PGA professional, LPGA professional at Sahali Country Club, at TPC Summerlin, and now at the 757 Club in Dulles, Virginia. She's been recently named the Best Young Teacher by Golf Digest for 2021 and looks like 2022 as well. Uh, Kathy's website is kathykimgolf.com. And, uh, Kathy, thank you so much again for joining us. This is really great stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.